today we're going to be taking off pounds on the Taking Off podcast. Hello and welcome to the Taking Off Podcast. I'm Dan Milliken. I'm joined by Christy Wong, and that was that was fun. All right, the uh, she was not expecting that that uh, little tease I did at the beginning. So, um, you know, we are an aviation channel, and uh, but we're also, you know, you you come to our channel for the planes, you stay for the people, right? Just like Air Venture, right? And so it, it's also about an aviation lifestyle and everything else. And Christy, you've been posting on social media. Um, about your exercise regimen, your diet regimen. And, and so I thought, let's do a podcast and let's talk about that because um, I have some thoughts as well. So um, talk about your recent postings. Okay. Uh, well, first and foremost, uh, this was just sprung on me. So I've had <laughs> zero right. opportunity to I prepare. did. I just, I just sprung this on her. It's like, hey, we're going to talk about this. And I was like, okay. Um, so we're... Uh, where would you like me to begin? Because there's so much. Well, okay. You you did a pretty um, transparent um, kind of out there post recently about your struggles and how you had gained weight. So uh, let's start there with that post. Okay. So my journey actually goes back to after I had my son in 2012. I had gained a lot of weight throughout my pregnancy and um, – the following, you know, I remember during those first few months afterwards, I mean, I'm just going to be transparent with everybody. Sure. I got up to like 215 pounds oh, and wow. I'm five foot eight. So I was very heavy. That, that was my peak, you know, when I was pregnant with him. But even after I had him, I mean, I was hovering around like 200 pounds and I remember feeling really bad. And, you know, uh, I remember one of Steve's cousins actually mentioning to me like, oh, it's okay. You just had a baby. Like you're not expected to be, you know, super thin again. But a year went by. So into 2013, you know, I'm still, uh, I remember at my job, they were doing one of those like biggest loser contests and uh, they were whoever could lose like the most uh, percentage. And then they had different prizes, like most pounds lost, most percentage, you know, et cetera. Um, You would get like gift cards for different things and for ice cream or something uh, actually no they were doing like gas gift cards and okay. like like amazon gift cards things like that practical. so right they were very practical um non-food based and so i remember i went like four months and i remember i joined a gym and i was going like three times a week and i was you know reading all the conventional diet knowledge and going off like the food pyramid food plate whatever you want to call it and I remember after all that, like I was literally killing myself, like, you know, mentally and just physically I'm in the gym hustling and I lost a total of like, I think 10 pounds after six months. Oh, wow. That's discouraging. No, it was super discouraging because after losing weight, I was still 185 pounds. Mm. And so I teetered right there between 185 and 190. And then I remembered, wait a minute, I you know what, we're just going to take this back to basics. Like I went to school for like biochemistry and like I know basic biochemistry and I sat down and I literally for like three weeks, I had a notebook. I still have it. And I I went through just basic metabolism, cellular, like to the cellular level. I went hard and I came up with a really good plan. And I started right then and there. I was like, you know what? Okay, we're going to do this. And I started in May of 2013 and six months later, I had lost 70 pounds. Wow. 
Wow. I have pictures like it's and I remember posting on Facebook like sporadically and stuff and you can see it was like May and then like June, July, August, like you could just see it and my clothes are getting bigger on me. And I remember the first time I bought a size like eight pants because my like tens and twelves were no longer fitting me. And um, yeah, it just went from there. I, I wound up going down to about 120 pounds. My, my absolute lowest weight was 122 pounds. So I lost a lot of weight. And um, so I went from like 190 to 120. Okay. Wow. And I kept it off. And it wasn't until I started flying <laughs> <laughs> that I gained back some of it. And um, a lot of it was just uh, due to the, the convenient lifestyle aspect of it. Right. Um, what I want to put out there for everybody is like I've said so many times, my value system is my value system and it works for me, but my value system, I'm not trying to push it on anybody else. But what I have found that works for me is, um, I kind of cut out the noise. Um, I went back to base. When you say noise, what do you mean? All the health guidance, all the nutrition, everybody wanting to give you their input. Oh, you and should sell do it you like their this. service. Right, exactly. First and foremost, like for me, my value system is I I don't and will not pay for like a service that, you know, like a nutrition, you know, whatever. Oh, if, if you have to, in my opinion, this is my values. Like I feel that I can control it pretty easily and actually save money. Instead of spending money on something, I'm going to save money. And so, um, you know, you know me, I've got a very heavy science background. And so I went back to how did humans evolve? What did we evolve on? That's, you know, nature's not stupid. So we should probably look at that. And that's kind of the direction that I went. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I always hovered right around 140 to 150. That was kind of my, like, you know, I might ebb and flow here, there. Yeah. Like, you know, Thanksgiving might come and I'm 147, but then afterward, you know, I'm like, oh, I need to get that under control. And I'd go back down to 140 and 2020 was actually pretty amazing. I stayed really active and I kept my nutrition in check. Um, and then, um, Honestly, I mean, I'll just be very real with you guys. You know, Steve and I got divorced. Um, we split up in 2020. And uh, honestly, like, I just, I stopped caring. You know, okay. it was just kind of like I had too many other things, I guess, on my plate. Sure. And, um, you know, there was a lot of other stuff. Like, I wound up, so, okay, now I've got to buy a new house. Now I've got to do these other things. Oh, and I got furloughed. Like, it was just not a great year. I started off 2020 pretty strong with my health and nutrition and all of that. And I ended 2020 on like just not like great health wise in terms of my health and nutrition and, and all of that. And so um, and then 2021 came and I got recalled and then I went into this like new airline pilot mode, which we talked about a mm -hmm. little bit. And it took me several months to really find a good routine. It took me probably six months. Then I, I got my on-the-road fitness routine, and it was good. Now, like I said, I've been able to maintain that 140 to 150. Every, okay. You know, everything's been good. And then I went on reserve. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I decided to go on reserve for the last three months, and I was like, I'm going to exercise so much, and I'm going to do so well. And then it turns out, like, I was doing terribly because, like, I am a – I don't know how to say this. I'm kind of an emotional eater. I'm a psychological eater. Mm -hmm. I'm a boredom eater. I eat yep. out of boredom. 
Yep. We, usually when I'm busy, that's when I do great. And I like yep. stay really busy naturally. But I started, there were a lot of times when I wasn't quite as busy and I'd be hanging out and I'm like, Hey, you know, what sounds good right now. And I've been so good. Like I normally eat a very low carb lifestyle. And I was like, Oh, why not have a waffle fry? I've been so good, you know? And so there was, um, there was a lot of, you know, factors there that caused me to just go off the rails a little bit. And so on June 22nd, I was like, you know, my clothes feel just a little bit tighter. Mm -hmm. Oshkosh is coming up. I'm just going to step on the scale. Oh, no. (gasps) Oh, my gosh, you guys. I was 160 pounds. And I like I I I was like in disbelief. I was like, okay, so I have to do something about that now. And I decided, like, it wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to start next week or I'm going to start tomorrow. I started right then and there. I was like, you know what? Foolishness. Like, this is done. Mm-hmm. And so since June 22nd, um, so it's been about three weeks now, I was cut, I was like, you know what? No, we're doing this. So I've been really strict about my, my diet again. And um, I, I, I mean, I exercise every day, though. That's the thing. I, even throughout reserve, I continue to exercise every day. I hit my fitness goals every single day. Like my watch says, so I must be doing something right. And I wasn't because what I've learned is that new, good health starts here in the brain. Okay. Then you have to apply it in the kitchen. It starts with what you put in your mouth. It's what you eat because at the end of the day, you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. You just mm. cannot do it. So number one is it's got to be mental. You have to have the intrinsic motivation. And I'll talk about my motivators here in a minute. Number two is it's 80% comes from your diet, all right? So all right. that, all that Whataburger. Oh, oh, she's getting on to me now. Yeah. Well, we'll get there in a minute. We'll talk about that. But then number three Exercise just kind of brings it up. It you wrap it up and you got when it comes to exercise, you have to give yourself realistic goals. So my goal every day is 30 minutes. And like there's like all these recommendations. Oh, 30, you know, they only say you need 20 minutes of exercise three times a week. I don't, I made it a habit. I made a habit since like October of last year. I have not missed one day of 30 minutes of exercise or more. Sometimes I go more, sometimes I go an hour, but I actually really enjoy it now. Mm-hmm. And it just, it ties everything together. I feel like I feel better just mentally and physically when I incorporate that exercise as well. Um, my intrinsic motivators, you know, my mom passed away a long time ago. She was very young. She had a very aggressive form of cancer that new re- a lot of research has come out and shown that this particular cancer could have been more preventable. A lot of cancers oh, okay. can be preventable with the right diet had she taken care of herself. And um, my mom, unfortunately, for a good portion of her life, she was morbidly obese. Oh, okay. And so, like, that is a motivator for me. It's an intrinsic motivator. Um, I don't want to get those cancers. Right. You know, I don't want to have that bad health. I want to keep my first class medical until I'm like 99 years old, maybe <laughs> longer. Like I, I'm kind of looking out now, like maybe I can set, you know, an old people record of, well, you know, I had to break it to you, but they uh, mandatory retire you at 65. Well, that doesn't mean I can't keep my first class. Okay. So, all right. Fair enough. I mean, and who knows? You won't use it, but you can keep it. No, well, I can use it. I could, I can fly corporate. 
Well, you can do that with a second, can't you? I'm keeping my first class okay, as long as go. possible. Like, that is my goal. Like, All right. You know, but. Good but, goal. But really, my intrinsic factor, though, too, is I saw my mom in her 40s, her 40s. She was having mobility issues, mm. you know, and um, and I see I, and I do see that like I see individuals and this is not to say anything negative. There are there are outside factors that affect it other than just your sure. you know diet and whatnot. But, you know, I see people that have mobility issues and they're so young, 40s, 50s, even 60s to me is young. I don't want to be that person. I want to be like energetic and viable and like I want to be that like older grandma that's doing cartwheels off the whatever because you know i have the strength agility and the flexibility to do so mm -hmm. um so those are really my my motivators i want to look and feel my best i feel like we get one body one life like let's make it the best we can and the biggest regret that i have is that i didn't have this mindset when i was in my teens and 20s mm. okay. if, I, if i had done that i think that it would have been a lot easier for me like i would have made those habits but i mean in all honesty like i was following a lot of the normal recommendations right just so everybody's aware i don't follow any of the standard you did your own research yeah i i don't follow any of the standard guidance that's out there i do my own and you know what like for me my value system it works so well all right okay so for me i never did a diet never ever ever and also i recently was voted most likely to eat like a third grader so uh, I can confirm. <laughs> yes. Diet Coke and Whataburger. So um, I have um, a really horrible diet. Um, I, I'm a very finicky, picky eater, unfortunately. And so um, when you when people come up, oh, you're going to love this dish. You know, once it has more than three ingredients, most likely I'm not going to like one of those ingredients or more. So no. Um, so the the challenge for me has always been, you know, I just don't like anything. Um, you know, I, I eat very few foods, and it's pizza, hamburgers, hot dogs, chicken, steak. You would have made a terrible hunter-gatherer. That's all oh, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, well, I've just been eating the wildebeest off the bone all the time, I guess. I mean, um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I don't like vegetables. Um, well, I Same. say that. Same. Uh, I like corn and potatoes. Those I mean, are. Yeah, that's. You don't go there. Okay. They're vegetables to me. Okay. They grow out of the ground. I know for they're a fact because plants. recently at the family farm, I actually helped farm the potatoes and ate some of the corn that was picked that day. Okay. It was amazing. Anyway, so um, I love those two vegetables. Don't take that from me. I'm not going to take it from you. Okay. So then I am the same height, 5'8. 2017. Early in 2017, I was working for a client that we did a lot of stuff together. We traveled a lot. We got to really know each other, uh, the group, uh, really good. And the, uh, there were several people in the client that were doing a new diet. And this is when keto was new, newish, 2017, um, post-Adkins, all that kind of stuff. And they were doing one uh, just – it was profiled by Sanford, and, and um, it was their system. And – I just, you know, they were like, you can eat all the vegetables you want and do this diet. I'm like, well, I, I already eat all the vegetables I want. It's <laughs> zero. Um, none. None, none vegetables none is what I want. None vegetables is what I want. So I was like, I don't know that I could do that. And, I've, you know, I, uh, one of my uh, cameramen had told me, you know, try, oh, you need to try this shake. And I've tried protein shakes and stuff, and they were horrible, and I just didn't want them. So then um, I thought I hit 2017 
and I was 215 pounds. Wow. We have a lot in common. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and I needed to do something. Except you weren't carrying offspring. I wasn't carrying a baby, yeah. no. Um, so I got with a couple of my other uh, freelancers that we were shooting a lot of stuff with that client. And I said, okay, let's try this. And the way that system worked is you go on a really hardcore ketosis situation. So no carbohydrates at all. And the good news for me was that you could have Diet Coke. It didn't affect it. (laughs) However, however, when I do something like this, I do it all the way. I don't cheat. I'm I'm an all-in kind of guy. So actually, I did not do Diet Coke during this phase. What? Yeah, water only. Good for you. Okay. Yeah, so, so I can do it. I know it. So we started, I know, I remember it's February of 2020. I'm sorry, February 2017. And within five weeks, I was down to 180. So in five weeks, I had lost, what is that, 40, uh, no, 35 pounds. That's incredible. Then by the summer, and, and then you go into a new phase where it's not as, as hardcore, and by the summer, I'd gotten down to 172 was my lowest. And then, so so then after that, I lived in the mid-180s for several years. I kept it off. Um, then 2020 rolls around, COVID happens, and I gained 10 extra pounds, and now I'm in the 190s. Okay. And and there I've been since okay. COVID. Um, now, there have been a couple times where I've kind of uh, done some, you know, uh, portion control. And some stuff like that, and and have gotten back down into the 180s. But I find myself pushing up close to two, 200 recently. And I was like, I need to do something. So I'm back on that hardcore. And, and when when I say hardcore, for for you know for me a guy, we're talking 900 calories a day. Okay. So it's very little. Okay. So let me. And that's what I'm on right now. Let me put things into perspective for you because there, a lot of this is very mental. It's sure. Food. I'm an emotional eater. Do we talk about so, being alike? I'm very emotional and boredom. I will eat a bag of chips because I'm bored. Yeah. Okay. So let's break it down because this is, it all boils down to psychology. Sure. Okay? I agree. People say, well, you got to find something that's sustainable. That's not sustainable. Sustainability is in your mind. Sustainability sure. goes from one person to the other. Do we tell recovering drug addicts or drug or recovering alcoholics that, oh, well, going without a glass of wine ever is unsustainable? You know, your sustainability is different than my sustainability, which is different than their stability or, you know, sustainability over there. And so you have to get into the mindset like of what you consider sustainable. And what I have found so far is pretty sustainable. And it's based on my understanding of like a proper, you know, nutritional pathway. I don't want, I don't like the word diet just because it's been so misused and overused since the beginning of, you know, dieting. Mm -hmm. So proper human nutrition, I've kind of done my own research and my values, my understanding of it based on my value system. Um, uh, I incorporate um, intermittent fat. Do you want me to tell you what I do right now? Sure. Okay. So I've been incorporating intermittent fasting. I fast in the morning. I don't eat breakfast. I cut out coffee like three years ago. I only drink tea, um, which does have some caffeine in it. I drink a big bottle of water in the morning while I'm working out. So that gets me plenty hydrated for the day. And then I just hydrate sporadically throughout the day. Um, I haven't eaten yet today. It's about 1 p.m. And I probably won't be hungry until about 2 or 3 o'clock. And I've been this last three weeks that I've gone, you know, back to getting everything into check. My last meal is at 8 p.m. 
I eat a primarily carnivore slash ketovore diet, which mm-hmm. is very meat and fat based. Protein, yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's not just protein because you're not going to see me eating lean cuts of meat. I okay. want fat because fat is satiating. Fat's what keeps me full. I had one fatty meal yesterday and I've been full ever since. I am still full from that meal yesterday because of that fat. Um, I I have more energy than I've had the three months that I was on reserve. Um, I mean, you saw my schedule. We talked right. about it earlier. I have literally this month, every minute of every day is effectively accounted for already. Um, and so, um, I like I said, I might have one meal. I might have one and a half meal. Like I might have a smaller half meal, but usually no. Um, it's very fatty meat based. And I mean, that's really it. I have lost nine pounds in three less than three weeks. But I feel amazing. I feel good. I just feel like a Springer Spaniel, like I can go run out in a field, you know? I'm right. Um, and so uh, some people might, you know, it's a very, very, very low carbohydrate, like almost no carbs. But based on my personal research, I have found that carbohydrates, again, not necessary. Our bodies will literally make glucose, you know, needed for cellular per- metabolism. Uh, will make it via a process called gluconeogenesis. Right. And so fats and proteins, those are macros that we need to bring in because our bodies don't make, make that. Them. Yeah. And so instead, um, so, okay, you got to take it back to my, so this is my understanding based on the researchers and the scientists and, and whatnot that I follow. Um, humans, when we evolved, um, you know, millions of years ago, we're talking our ancestors, not even just, you know, hundreds of thousands, but millions of years ago, when we started evolving, we, we didn't have a mechanism in place for storing fat. And so, uh, these anthropologists actually found teeth from these primitive, um, uh, ancestors, I'll call them that where they were starving when this, when the African savannas started developing. They went from these lush trees with plenty of food to scarce food. These these um, ancestors of ours were literally going through starvation periods. And so over the process of time and through evolution, we started having the ability to store fat. Now think about it. Where do most people store their fat? In mid midsection. Isn't that a beautiful design? We can literally carry our fuel with us around our center of mass. Right. Right. So we good weight and balance. No, it is. So (laughs) now, now think about it. You can't think about humans as like now, you know, like where food is plentiful for most of us and we can get Whataburger whenever we want Whataburger and Diet Coke. Mm -hmm. Um, We're, you know, humans a hundred thousand years ago. So now we're, we're hunting and gathering. How often do we get to eat? Do we get three squares a day? Nope. What do we get? We get one big kill that will feed you for a little while and then days without. Exactly. So when, uh, you know, I've heard people like come to me and they're like, oh, well, fasting, isn't that starving? And no, our bodies were actually designed for it. Mm -hmm. In fact, nature wants us to be fat. It literally does. That's why it's so easy for us to gain weight. When you think about it, it makes so much sense. Of course, it's easy. It's so easy for us to to pack on the pounds when food is a plenty because evolutionarily speaking, our bodies are going, hey, this may not happen for a long time. So we need to, we're squirrels storing away nuts for the winter. 
Only our nuts, <laughs> okay. you know, literally our nuts are, you know, stored away in the, in fat cells, adipose tissue. And so for me, I carried that, you know, that fat around my center of mass as well. And then, um, as I need more energy, if, as long as I'm not taking in more, right. you know, my body will start to use that. And that's effectively how we lose weight. Right. And, and that's exactly why, as I understood the ketosis kind of diets, the keto diets, was that is exactly you're you're telling your metabolism that you don't have enough fuel and so the body starts turning in and going okay I'll use some of that extra fuel that we've been hauling around right so that's what I love about the keto diet and um, and and it's really worked for me um, and I've been able to keep stuff off as long as see here's the thing for me we talk about psych- psychology and the fact that I'm I'm such a picky eater the the problem for me is I cannot imagine. A world where I can't eat white white bread. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know what to say to that. So I, my, I just I can't I can't do that. My I, vices I, used to be bread, pasta, and rice. Those were like three staple foods for me. You can keep the pasta and the rice. I, bread is something I just I could live on bread alone. Oh, right. That sounds very unscriptural, but the um, I, to me I can't do a life where I give up bread. However, I can do moderation. That's and I like, can't do portion control. And when I lost all the weight, I can do that. I can maintain a weight and still eat bread, but not if I go crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's... As it's, long as I'm burning more calories than I'm taking in. I mean, there's going to be... Uh, I, I used to... Miss- I see that look in your eyes. <laughs> I missed bread at first, but there was a... Number one, the longer I went without it, the longer I didn't need it. So that's first and foremost. Um, I used to love like the biscuits and you put butter on the biscuits and they're just so flaky and delicious. But like now I can actually say those words and not elicit an emotional response toward it because we are emotionally attached to food. Again, food is fuel. And so we are programmed to be emotional about it. And like we're supposed to be psychological toward it. That's how we survive. But um it's like, but you're the way that you're telling me, like, I can't imagine a world in which I can't. That's like, that's like a smoker saying, oh, I, I agree. I, I agree. can't live without smoking. And, and then the person that says that will not give up smoking. Right. So I will not, I know I'm not going to give up bread. Yeah. Now I am right now for a short term because I know it's, it's for a period that I just need to, I need to get rid of some of that excess antipose tissue that so you talked funny. about. Yeah. It's funny to me. You're like, I know that bread makes me fat, but I'm going to eat it anyway. No, no, no. I, I, I know that bread can make me fat. Right. When I eat a ton of bread, I get fat. It's a slippery slope. But I can eat bread and not gain weight. So eating bread does not make me fat. It's eating too much bread makes me fat. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. So there I can say, you know, I can go to Texas Roadhouse and have one roll with cinnamon butter. But if I go to Texas Roadhouse and have two baskets of rolls, that's eight rolls. Yeah. It's a lot of bread. I feel like you've done that. So not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> say yes or no. I'm well, going to uh here's yeah. the thing. Everything in moderation as well. I mean that you're right. right. That's that what is, I'm saying. That's a key. The problem is that we don't know. So okay, let me let me explain that. We the, do know. Two baskets is too well, much. Okay, two baskets. Yeah, we learned. <laughs> yeah. We learned. Okay. So when I was on my three months of reserve, you know, like I said, it wasn't a problem for me. Like I was in my mind mentally. I was like, oh, you know, I'm eating fine. I'm eating low carb. I'm doing this. And and it wasn't until I got on the scale 
and I started thinking about it. And then I went back just the last like three days and I literally wrote out everything I had eaten. Mm -hmm. And it, when you look at it on paper and it's staring back at you in black and white and you can't deny it, that's when it hits you. In the moment, you don't think about it. You're like, oh, this is, you know, oh, I'm in, in moderation. But then, you know, and I'm not, I'm not. No, for me, I know. I know. I, I know when I'm not in moderation. I know when I've eaten the two right. baskets of rolls. Um, I know when I've, you know, you, you cross. I know where the slope is on rolls yeah. at Texas Roadhouse. Two <laughs> is the slope. Anything the past slope, okay. two, I've gone off the, the other side. Gotcha. Okay. And I better do some extra exercising. But, you know, anyway, the whole point is I'm saying is that so like, you know, I love Whataburger. I go to Whataburger all the time. But when I go to Whataburger, when I've been when I've been able to keep the weight off, keep the weight stable, not not necessarily lose weight, but but keep it stable where I want to be. Um, that's because I'm ordering the kids cheeseburger. I don't order a big cheeseburger. Okay. It's, it's portion control. Yeah. And that's that is absolutely part of it. That's yeah, where my, my intermittent fasting has come in. So is a, it's portion control I know, as well. I know I cross over the slippery slope of of too much, you know, when I order a regular, you know, Whataburger. So yeah. I know I've crossed the line. So yeah. I try not to do that. And I just want to point out again, there's a big asterisk out there that everybody's body is going to be different. Yeah. Everybody's. Everybody's got. Yeah. You need to find what works for you. Yeah. And is healthy. And do the research and everything else. One last thing I want to mention, and I'm curious about, because I've got a freelancer that I hire who's real big on this, and I'm not going to confess yet as to my experience. Have you heard about ice baths? I Okay, so I've heard <laughs> of them, and I'm not discrediting them, but I haven't tried them. Okay, so I have finally tried um, and uh, actually, a year ago, I, I tried it a couple times, and I was like, oh, yeah, I felt more energy. I lost a little weight. Um, it was right before Adventure a year ago. So this year, I'm, I'm, I've, you know, recently I kind of had, had gone over the slippery slope, the two baskets, whatever, and I know that I need to, to get back on. So now I'm back into 900 calories a day and, and no carbs and all that. Um, I also hurt my back doing some labor, lower back pain that aggravated something that I did back when I was in college. Um, I've tried doing ice baths now like four days in a row, five days in a row, and I feel more energy than I ever have. But That's I don't great. know if it's real or not. So I've heard. It could be. I mean, there there are definitely yet. some placebo effects so I was one, to Yeah, it. I wonder. And uh, so I don't know. It, it's um, It's real different. I don't know. So I was just wondering if you had experience with that. I have I just not. Sprung, sprung that on you. I have not. I mean, you, it makes me want to try it. Now, here's the thing is that, like, we we are all just each an N of one, which is a, just a sample size of one when we do these things. Right. There's no one size fits all. Right. But you've piqued my interest. Okay. So um, it's hard because if I do it at home, bathtub, you cannot get, I you can't get submerged. And what you go for is 60 degrees to start with six minutes. It's not hardcore you know i put i put the the music on it's a six minute song or two three minute songs and 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 it was really hard the first day or two yeah see i don't like the cold this is yeah, like it's it's this is it, like you trying to cut out bread it is <laughs> yeah me. but it's only six <laughs> minutes of torture but anyway well but anyway I, there's plenty of stuff out there on it and i don't know yet i'm still jury's out is what i'm saying i'm not I'm not selling ice baths at this point. I just, okay. I'm well, just you, curious. You as a scientist, if you'd heard about it. 
Um, I mean, I have heard about it. I just personally haven't tried it. I'm starting with this first. Like, I'm starting with okay. the diet nutrition. Maybe I'll add ice baths next. I mean, okay. So, if you guys out there in the audience listening, um, if you have some comments, go to the YouTube channel where we have the podcast. Leave comments. I'd be curious to what people think and what your own experience, because as Christy said, we're a, a study sample size of one. I'd like to hear some of the other and collect some data out there. So leave us some data in the comment section. Yeah, I like it. Just my only um, request when it comes to the comments is just be respectful because what yep. works for you may not necessarily work for other people. And that's how I take the approach as well. Yeah. I just, Don't come you, saying you have to do it this way. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there was a researcher several years ago that limited their caloric intake, but all they ate was candy bars for like six months or something, Holy you know, cow. and, um, I would not recommend that, but for him, it just, it seemed to work. He was collecting data. The other thing that I want to put out there too, is, you know, everybody's got a personal physician that they work with, find a physician that works with you and your personal Consult goals, your physician. Um, what I do personally is I get my blood work done at least once a year. And then I know how to interpret that. Right. I'm not telling other people to do that, but just things that markers that I look for on my blood work first and foremost is I look at my triglyceride level, right? My triglycerides need to be super low. Cause that that's a really, really important marker for your heart health and for your just overall metabolic health. I look at my A1C, I look at my fasting glucose, and I want to make sure that my HDL cholesterol is um, high enough. Other than that, everything else, I don't even look at my LDL. Mm. So, um, Which I, I, I'm going to pretend like give a look like, mm, yeah, like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously I look at other markers too. I'll look at, you know, where, where all of my like other, you know, um, stats and whatnot, our blood and, you know, my CBC panel and all that stuff. But, um, I, uh, I, the, the biggest things that I look at are going to be the triglycerides, A1C, fasting glucose, and then my, um, my uh, HDL cholesterol. All right. All right, so that's good. So, so get data on yourself. Find what works for yourself. Consult your physician, and um, be you respectful know, of others. And be please. respectful of others. Those are good, good background. All right. So, thank you guys for for listening. Thanks, Christy, for being open and honest on that. Let me spring this on you. I know I'm a little bit scared now. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, we'll catch you guys next time on the Taking Off podcast.